Thank you for listening to This Podcast is Haunted. A brief content warning for the following episode. The following episode contains mention of suicide. Thank you again for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome, spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire. But beware, this podcast is haunted. Okay. I'm in the zone. I'm in the zone. Oh my god. Are you ready to podcast? (laughs) All right. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, now ladies... (laughs) Sorry. Yeah! <laughs> there we go. Thank you. <laughs> oh. All right, everybody. Good evening. Hey, Welcome yes. to This Podcast is Haunted. Yes, yes. Welcome. We have, as you already heard, we have some special guests this week. Um, Kate, you did the pre-interview, so I'll yeah, let you yeah. uh, take it away. So first off, hi, if you've never listened before, I'm Kate. This is Jen. Oh, Jen's right. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Most people have listened Our before. annual introduction. That's right. Every so often we remember. Um, <laughs> so this evening we're joined by two very special guests, and I'm so excited that this is the episode we get to end our amazing fifth season on. Yeah. Uh, we are joined by my college friend, Carrie. Uh, Carrie Overgaard and I went to college together back in 2010, spring of 2010, because um, I had just met Dan. Um, and we were in this class, uh, taught by the amazing Colleen Pearson, who really encouraged interpersonal relationships between her students. And so we really got friendly in that class. (laughs) Um, and so (laughs) in one of the classes, she asked everybody what their dream was. And mine was so lame. It was like, I want to marry Dan. I'm going to marry the shit out of this man. And okay, props to me. I did it. Achievable dreams. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Check. Um, (laughs) And then, you know, the guy next to me was like, oh, I'm going to, uh, I'm adopting my daughter from Russia. And another guy was like, I don't care. I just don't want to be like my dad. And then Carrie sitting on the far side of the classroom says, I'm going to be a Playboy model. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to what? <laughs> I had Incredible. never heard that before. Incredible. She had this big dream and we happened to be Facebook friends that um, we just kept up with each other. And God damn it, she did it all. Yeah. Carrie, would you want to take us through some of the things that you've done? <laughs> sure. Uh, it's funny you said that. I, I really don't remember saying that that was the one goal, but my, uh, my, my goal my whole life was to live behind the TV, to be in Los Angeles. Any Anytime I had seen a movie or a television show depicting the city of LA, I was like, oh, that is my home. That's where I belong. Like, And I knew it before I even visited. Um, that being said, I would be at home watching The Price is Right on snow days or sick days and just being like, I'm going to win The Price is Right someday. Uh, and yeah, just things like that. So I, I did, uh, not only did I win the prices right, but I kind of won it twice because I went with my friend and she won, she won a trip to Buenos Aires. So I got to go along with the trip. So inadvertently kind of, I won like sort of twice. And then, cause you can only win once every 10 years. What did you win in your showcase showdown? Remind me. Um, in the showcase showdown, I won a Honda Rebel motorcycle, a Kia Rio car, and a diamond and topaz necklace. So Amazing. cool. So I sold, I sold the car and the motorcycle, and I backpacked Europe, and I kept the necklace. Uh, so that's like the one thing I did get. I, I won a bunch of tiny things, too. I won a ladies' electric razor and... <laughs> 
um, a hair dryer. And those are two things I still use to this day that I love so much. <laughs> High quality. Thanks, Price is Right. Yeah. So I thought but, that would um, maybe be like the end of your adventures, but it certainly wasn't. I see you in the background of a lot of uh, the occasional Netflix show. I'm like, hey, there's Carrie. Wow. <laughs> um, you also started, in addition to your acting work, you started doing stunt training, right? I did uh, do stunt training for quite a while. Um, my favorite thing that I got to do while training uh, for that was to be lit on fire. I'm a Leo, so I'm a fire sign all the way. And um, the, it, the, the coolest part was that this, this stunt man uh, that I met, by the way, uh, he I met through uh, this magical place we're about to talk. So it's just kind of uh, adds to a little bit of our conversation later of how I asked the castle for something and poof, it makes it happen in a sense. Um, Anyway, I met this this man, and he has uh, he came up with his own solution for fire uh, stunts. So, um, not only can I do it with clothes on, but it was on bare skin. So uh, I have videos of me holding the solution on my hand, and so it's as if I'm holding a ball of fire. Um, and uh, then I let him do my back. So I just like laid down, and he put he put the gel on my back, and then uh, did his thing, and then he lit that on fire. So then I have this video of my entire back just. Psh- on flames and there's obviously no clothes like you so it looks really it's pretty cool uh that's a special thing for me because uh if you if you if you show someone in the stunt world this they'll be like i've been on lit on fire so many times but never without clothes on like so that was a very unique very special thing that i got to do um met some incredible people doing that uh yeah and uh what else uh what else well to reference your without clothes, uh, some of the traveling you've done as a painted model has just been amazing. That's, oh, thank you. Uh, that's another thing. When I was a kid, I was not allowed to play with Barbie dolls. Uh, I was not allowed to trick or treat, so I couldn't wear costumes or anything like that. And uh, the movie, The Mummy, when I think it came out when I was maybe in middle school, uh, I saw a Nux and a Moon painted. Yes. Oh, yes. Also starring Brendan Fraser. Yes, Brendan Fraser. But so seeing a Nux and a Moon painted, I was like, that is the most beautiful thing. I must be painted. So um, one of the reasons why I did everything with Playboy, the biggest draw for me was because I had seen the girls next door and I knew that you could get painted at the Playboy Mansion. So that was like the biggest uh, influence for me to go and uh, do everything Playboy, which don't get me wrong, that was an amazing world. I got to go to all the parties with the mansion and that was super great. A lot of wonderful things came from it. Uh, but it really was like my my beginning into this world of body paint, which uh, is my favorite thing in the whole world. I really want to create my own body paint festival one day. So that's like my big plan. Um, I would totally support that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, it's a really beautiful art. It, there's nothing smutty. There's nothing dirty about it. And so uh, I really like to, to broadcast, broadcast that to people so that they can like really, you know, see it for what it is, the art and the beauty of what is body paint, because the, the human body is nothing that should be aimed uh, that should be shamed no matter what size you are. So uh, I'm a big advocate for that. Um, when I was, uh, I don't know, a few years, I, I did random body paint jobs throughout the years. And then um I, I was watching Skin Wars and I thought, man, I need to be painted by that man, that man right there, Craig Tracy. I need to be painted by him. So long story short, I 
ended up getting painted by him in New Orleans. Uh, and then I went back again and got painted a second time. And through him, he introduced me to Muna, uh, Muna Weaver, who is a phenomenal artist herself. Uh, she's the one who I went to the World Body Painting Festival in Austria with. And she also, I competed, I, I, uh, she competed, I was her model in the Daegu International Body Painting Festival in South Korea. Um, and she also used me for a beauty convention in Ningbo, China. So I have got to do a lot of really cool traveling and uh, get prosthetic on she's turned me into Pennywise the clown she's turned me into lots of really cool stuff and so uh, that's what uh that's that's uh, like my favorite thing in the world creature acting I like to be made into characters I like to be painted I like uh, basically I want to be the Barbie I wasn't allowed to play with <laughs> or incredible. I want to dress in costumes because I wasn't allowed to trick-or-treat so to, for me it's very much a fulfilling for my soul because kind of a part of my childhood that everyone you know just kind of took for granted was taken from me <laughs> in a sense so I go I go big when I go to these places <laughs> you're you're one of the most inspiring people I've ever met you've always had uh-huh. to, to my knowledge this very definite idea of who like we've known each other for 11 years now isn't that weird and <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> you've always had this very definite view and even when things like hiccups happen, like when somebody was like stealing your identity, uh, instead <laughs> yeah, of that turning no that good. in, no, obviously, but you were able to use some of your connections and put it out there on Catfish where mm-hmm. other people could learn like, hey, not only is this one individual up to no good, but also these are the ways that people can do these things. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I think your energy is amazing. And I'm just so glad that we're still friends 11 years later. <laughs> I'm happy we're friends too. Yeah, you make me so happy. So kind of you to say. <laughs> well, now I've introduced um. you to my friend Jen, and you are going to introduce us to your friend who you brought with tonight. Yay! Uh, so I, uh, before the pandemic, and hopefully as soon as the uh, it is reopened, my place of work is the Magic Castle in Hollywood. Um, I'm very drawn to special places, and this I think is the most special place I've ever been to um, in all of the 17 countries I've visited. This place is it. It's it's my absolute favorite. Um, this is John Kippen. He is one of my friends. He's a member of the Magic Castle. Um, always one of the sweetest guys and definitely a big staple of the castle for me because he's someone I would see like most days when I was at work. Um, yeah, just good dude, a really talented magician. Uh, and he's got a really great story to share as well. So, um, John, welcome. Thank you so much. Welcome. Uh, John, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and some of your magic? And how you got into magic and all of that. Absolutely. Well, uh, as most kids, uh, we all have an uncle or a dad or a grandpa who pulls a coin out of our ear. That's how I got caught into the magic bug. And uh, that was my uncle Milton who lived uh, back east. But it was uh, he would come in to visit my grandma from time to time, a couple times a year. And so I'd go over there and we'd work on magic. And then he would, every year on my birthday, he'd send me a new trick to learn and so that happened until I was I don't know 12 or 13 when he passed and then um, I got a job in a magic shop summer job as a kid I was like 13 14 15 years old and I was there so often they finally just said you want a job (laughs) and so I worked in a magic shop Uh Um, and then when I was in college I went to Cal State Northridge and uh, I was a theater major, and I was in charge of the campus theater on the on the campus. And um, I was in charge of all of the outside people who would come in to rehearse or perform on the campus. 
and uh, one one magician came to perform. His name was Doug Henning, and uh, you guys can look up who Doug Henning was. But he was one of the most prolific, popular magicians in the seventies, and uh, he rented the theater out for a month to do um, rehearse his show that he was taking on the road. So I got to hang out with him for years, and then uh, somehow I got introduced to um, a guy named Bernie Eumann, who was uh, Siegfried and Roy's manager. Oh, amazing. And I had done, I had um, built a computer consulting company out of college, and um, Roy wanted to learn how to use a computer, so they hired me to Roy Horn how to use a computer. I'm sorry, Roy of Siegfried and Roy? Yes. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. You just hit all my white tiger dream. Like I grew up with Siegfried and Roy. Like they were the act. Oh, okay. That means I'm I'm now one degree separate from Siegfried and Roy. Okay, incredible, I'm incredible. Thank you, John. Thank you for being here. Continuing the story. Um, so uh, they picked me. A limo picked me up from the airport and drove me to their uh, forest palace that they had um, just off the strip. There's a huge compound where he kept all the animals. And so they ushered me out to this little bungalow that was set up like an office. And I had my the laptop that I had purchased on their behalf. And so about five minutes later, in comes Green Roy. And Zeekweed sits in a chair with his arms crossed and laughing his ass off at Roy, who is sitting next to me. Um, and so I open the laptop and I start showing Roy and five, ten minutes Pass and he says, John, I don't know if this is for me. And I said, Mr. Horn, you know, a lot of people went to a lot of trouble to hire me to bring this laptop. So give it a few more minutes. And so um, we did. And I don't know, five or ten minutes more passed. And he stopped me and he said, John, can I make you a deal? And I said, what's that? And he said, well, if you return the laptop, I don't really care what it costs my company. I'll let you be my guest at the palace for the rest of the day and our personal guests at the show tonight. Well, how am I going to turn that down, right? <laughs> no. So I said, absolutely. So they left. And then as I was cleaning up all the computer crap, in comes Zeke Roy's head animal trainer and said, here we go. And I got a full tour of their entire compound. And I uh, <laughs> got to see and pet white tigers. Oh, oh man! Oh, they're so they, jealous. They were baby white tigers. Oh, baby. And I believe I may be wrong, but I believe one of them was Montecor, who was the cat that ended up injuring Roy uh, on the stage. Oh, that's a, that was such a sad day, mm. and it it, was. it it really like people were very cynical and ugly about that, and it was a very horrible injury. Mm. Well, I spoke to I, I spoke to Zikreed about it since then. And uh, they they honestly think that what happened is because Roy raised this white tiger from when it was literally a cub, that there was a special attachment there. And during that performance, Roy tripped and he fell down. Mm. And when he fell down, Montecore immediately went back and grabbed him by the neck to pull him to safety. And that's what, what really happened. Um, so anyway, the, the rest, so that, that was the end of the day. And then I went to the back to the Mirage and, 
And uh, I got to the box office, ready to go see the show, and they said, uh, sorry, John, we have some bad news. The show is completely sold out. There's not a seat left. Would you mind seeing the show from the lighting booth? <gasps> oh, <laughs> even cow! Yes. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm a lighting designer in college. And, and uh, so there I am sitting next to the stage manager while she calling the show and this was at the Mirage and the Mirage had built the stage completely for the Zikri and Roy's show. So they had a ramp going from one side of the stage to the other and the really expensive seats were in between the front of the stage and the ramp, right? And there's one part of the show where a huge elephant walks across the the ramp. And all of a sudden this day, I guess it was time the elephant decided he needed to go. So he proceeded to drop a huge load right on the ramp, right? So I guess this has happened before because the stage manager says, oh yeah, yeah, well, well. So she's looking for the script, trying to figure out the, the best place to stop the show to clean it up, right? Well, Roy doesn't see that. And so he starts running across the ramp oh. as part of his act. Oh no. Oh he no. He is the ultimate performer where his face and chest are out towards the audience. He's not looking down at his feet. Oh no. So he kicks it into the audience. Oh no. Into the stage the between the ramp and the front of the stage. The really the hundred and twenty five dollar seats. Oh no. The splash zone. So at that point yeah, exactly. So it, it so at that point they stop the show and they raise the house lights and and the audience is going nuts, literally going nuts. And I remember Zinkweed walking to the front of the stage and he put his arms up to quiet the audience. And now at this point, you could hear a pin drop. And in his thick German accent, he says, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very disappointed in you. Everyone knows shit happens. And the entire audience goes nuts. So that was one of the best my life is being able to hang out with Zeke Green Roy and experience shit on a stage. Is that how you got into magic? I mean, beyond, like, did that take you to a professional level? Did you use that connection or no, was there something I didn't. in between? I didn't. Well, there was. Um, in 2002, I had a brain tumor. And after the brain tumor, uh, they paralyzed my face and removing the brain tumor. And so the left-hand side of my face is permanently paralyzed. And that was a very big deal for me to overcome. And I found myself hiding. This is after college. Um, I found myself hiding and not socializing. And I turned to playing poker because at a poker table, no one cares what you look like. They just want your money. Yeah. <laughs> That's after, funny. I don't know, four or five, six years of doing that, I looked at my bank account and I made a good living, you know, running a computer consulting company, but I was missing some money. And I was like, you know, there's got to be something else. So somehow I had heard about the Magic Castle that they invited both magicians and non-magicians to be members. So I immediately joined as a non-magician member, an associate member. And within two months, I was like, no, 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 I have to audition. This is too much fun. <laughs> and I auditioned and I passed and, and uh that's when I started to go and magic became my therapy. It made, became the way I felt good about myself, regardless that my face was paralyzed. I was able to transcend that. And with my magic and my storytelling audiences, 
could focus on my magic and my deformity disappeared. I call that my ultimate illusion. <laughs> yeah. John, yeah. you're going to make me cry. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of a, that's kind of a uh, so, so anyway, so one day I'm uh, ready to go on stage in a close-up gallery and one of the managers named Bob, you know, there's a, there's a backstage area and a little window that he opens in order to say, are you ready? And so Bob opens the door and says, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah. And he says, uh, I got a surprise for you. And I'm like, what's that? He said, you'll see soon enough, right? So <laughs> he starts the music and he comes out and he introduces me and I come through the curtains and I sit down and there's Siegfried sitting in the audience. Oh. <laughs> okay, I so I got to perform for Siegfried and then after the show, everyone left and then Siegfried and his guests came down and we hung out for five or ten minutes talking and then they invited me to join him for dinner. Um, but I reminded him of that time where I taught Roy how to use a computer. He's like, that was you? So, That's incredible. Yeah, he, uh, I have a picture uh, uh, I'll share with you later of him and I shaking hands in, in a lobby of the Magic Castle. And, oh and, my gosh. I did cry. I'm sorry. I'm crying. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Magic is in my life. Without magic, I don't know where I'd be. Mm. Uh, I love magic I so much. Wonderful people. Both, you know, members of the castle staff of the castle you know they are my family it is it is a just a wonderful place to be it really really is family <laughs> well everything you just said yes <laughs> it's absolutely on my bucket list well can you guys tell us a little bit about the castle i so we're from michigan mm-hmm. i've never been to california i've actually never been further west than uh, new mexico um I have no context. I don't. Admittedly, Carrie, I haven't even watched the videos you sent me. <laughs> is the definition of California. Say that one more time. I'm so sorry. 72 degrees and sunny skies. Mm. That sounds wonderful. Ah, uh, got you. Yeah, sorry I kept cutting that out. In. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to yeah. rub that in. Um, <laughs> the story no, of Michigan the- is negative 14 degrees and six feet of snow. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And then 83 degrees the next day because you never can tell what the wonky weather is going to do. We, literally, we <laughs> had snow Michigan three weeks like ago. A little bit, but not. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, dead serious. That is what I do not miss. <laughs> my, dad, my dad actually went to law school at University of Michigan. So. Oh, all right. He's a Wolverine. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Very cool. He, he probably enjoyed Ann Arbor. It's a good city. Yeah. So anyway, so going back to the castle, um, it was a, uh, I don't know if you want to do this or you want me to do it, Carrie. Uh, it it doesn't really matter um it began as a as a as a mansion i guess it was it was a 1906 or 1910 that the that it was built i always go back and forth with the date for some reason 1910 that's what i thought it was built by the lane family yes so the so the lane family um it, it got turned into the magic castle though in the 60s 1965 no no 1962 1962. January 3rd, 1963. And it was it was founded by the Larson brothers, Milt and Bill Larson. And their dad's dream was to have a private club for magicians. Cool. Amazing. Uh, both Milt and uh, Bill Larson worked in the entertainment industry. Um, Milt wrote questions for a game show um, trying to remember what the game show was. Um, Truth of Consequence.
And so back in the back in the sixties was a it was the one with Bob Barker. Game show called Truth or Consequences. Oh, Truth or Consequences. Yes, right. Wow. And Bob Barker is the tie to The Price is Right, which I had to throw in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And was one of the, the writers on that show. So they happened to see that this mansion was uh, ready to be torn down after the Lane family had left. And it was purchased by the Glover family. And uh, Milton Bill went to the, Dan, uh, to the Glover and said, we want to turn this into a magic club. And uh, the, the Glovers really didn't want to tear it down, so they made a handshake agreement that they would give Bill and Milt uh, a year's free rent if they could pull that off. And so they rolled up their sleeves and called favors of other studio professionals to build the castle, castle and it opened on the 3rd of January, 1963. And then, and the cool part about the mansion, uh, or the mansion, <laughs> excuse me, the magic castle, when you get there, you can, it, you can see how it was a mansion, like it would, would have been a home where someone lives in. But, uh, since then they have been adding all of these different levels. So, uh, let's say there's, there's a lot of people that spend their, their entire lives there. So one of the bartenders, Roki, he's been working there for 40 years. And so he has all sorts of stories about what, the, what it used to look like in this de decade and what it looked like versus this decade. And when they turned the parking garage into the palace of mystery, which is the big stage of the castle. So it's just kind of, it's, it's fun to know, uh, to hear all these stories from all those different people. And then, um, and, and oh, John, you could probably help me. What's the name of their, it's the other, that there, there's an identical mansion except for the towers are switched. So it's basically a mirrored mansion. It's the same thing as the original house. What's that called again? Yeah, I don't remember the name of the mansion. Oh, yeah. but... <laughs> I can't remember either, but uh, so there are two of the originals in existence, yeah. And, um, but it, it's really cool though. So when you walk into this place, it kind of looks and feels like you're at your grandma's house like in the living room but then it's a bar and so and you see how big it is from the outside you're like wait what this is the smaller like you know and then you see a grand staircase and you look across the bar and you see a ghost playing the piano in Irma's room because uh, Irma's the ghost of the castle <laughs> and Ooh. uh uh yeah so it's just it's all, all these different levels of going up and down and you just feel like when you when you go for the first time you feel like you're getting lost because nothing looks the same and you don't quite know which nook or cranny you came out of before uh, but there's tons of memorabilia of all the different greats there's uh, lots of stuff uh there's a there's a seance room for houdini there's uh, lots of pictures up from um you know magicians of the past present and uh they also have a youth group a youth uh how i'm saying this wrong they 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 um like junior magicians junior magicians yes thank you i was like youth group that did not come out very church oh <laughs> uh, yeah i heard your midwest speaking there uh, yeah 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 guest of the council for the first time you walk through the doors and if you're with a member the there's a doorman there who says welcome home oh um and then you walk in and you check in and you pay your valet fees and it's this little lobby with a bookcase and and you look around and you're like what okay this is yep. <laughs> not this right and you're instructed there's a bookcase with an owl in it that's the mascot of the magic castle his name is archimedes perfect and you say the magic word to archimedes oh my gosh. which okay. is open sesame of course and upon uttering open sesame the bookcase slides open oh 
a secret bookie store. Into the castle, and then you're in the grand foyer, which is in the the main level across from the main bar. Um, to your left is the is the close up gallery, which holds about thirty people or twenty seven to thirty people. Downstairs, there are two other rooms that are uh, designated for impromptu performances, non-scheduled shows that magician members will do. Um, and then to the right, you walk into this salon parlor where you have a piano. And uh, you look up, and there's a little light. And if the light's on, you know Irma's there. And you can ask Irma to play any song. And she will play requests. She will play just about any song but she will respond you can ask her questions and she will respond with lyrics of melody should be melodies of the song to answer your question uh, her favorite song is when you ask her how she is or what is her favorite song it's we're in the money we're <laughs> in the money so uh that's how she tweet tweet and then the bird cage she has a bird named katie uh, that's, uh, of course, uh, a good one as well. Um, so, uh, then you walk upstairs and you, uh, see the, another bar called the Owl Bar. And the Owl Bar has, I don't know, 150 different owls in it. And there's one that, uh, you can ask yes and no questions of. And it will then either shake its head up and down or side to side to say yes or no. And then as you uh, walk uh, a little bit further to the Mater D stand, and the dining room holds about 130, 140 people. They normally have two seatings per night, sometimes three if it's a busy night. And then when you're done uh, dining, you walk down a very long hallway where there's artwork everywhere, and then you get to the large showroom, which is the Palace of Mystery. And the Palace of Mystery holds about 130 people, and that's the big stage show. Um, you'll often find Carrie running around taking drink orders and uh, um, entertaining and so forth. And then you walk down, uh, and the next theater is the Parlor of Prestidigitation. You can say that three times fast. And uh, it holds about 50 or so people, 55. Um, that's a 20-minute show. The Palace show is a 40, 45-minute show. You walk in. So the... Go on, Carrie. Uh... So the difference between these three three rooms for someone that hasn't been there, when you think of uh, so close-up magic and the close-up gallery, that's going to be a lot of card and coin tricks and things that are, you know, that, that you can't even believe they've done them. They're just, it's like right in front of you. Uh, the parlor of prestidigitation is more like mid-range magic. So a lot of times I'll see things like uh, they'll do levitation uh, acts or mentalism and things like that. And then the palace of mystery stage is the big stage. So when you go to dinner, uh, you, you go down the hall and the hall is lined with all of these pictures. There's uh, like Siegfried and Roy, uh, Neil Patrick Harris used to be a president. So his pictures in that hallway too, just tons and tons of uh, magicians. Uh, then you go down little stairs and then the, 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 the palace is where they, they cut people in half uh, and they do like the big, uh, the big, the big illusions. That's where that is. So it's like, just to get a different, uh, just to get a feel of what different types of magic are performed in these different rooms. Cause they're all really pretty different. Hmm. Those are actually, I, 
I knew that there were that many different types of magic, but I'd never really thought about it from an academic point of view. Like categorizing? Yeah. What kind? Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun and so interesting. And I really think it encapsulates one of the things I love about magic, which is how much of a brain game it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Magicians are some of the smartest people uh, and they are... They're using their smarts to delight me, and that makes me so happy. <laughs> but then you don't want to know how it's done. I never I know. I absolutely always want to know how it's done. I have absolutely no desire to know. No, thank you. Let me believe in magic, you muggle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being, being in Los Angeles, you get all types of people coming in. Um, one of my favorite types of people to entertain are engineers. Oh, they, yeah to figure it out and when they can't and when you stump them they get very um uncomfortable <laughs> john if i ever bring my engineer husband out yes, to california yes, i'm gonna put this. him right in your I path okay so much see i want to know how it works but i just i can't i don't have the brain to figure it out so i'm just like yeah it's magic <laughs> i know i'm being tricked and i love it <laughs> yes one of my one of my favorite moments at the castle was that uh, I was performing in one of the impromptu table and and they uh, they invite businesses to rent out or or provide Christmas parties and Microsoft had a Christmas party there and Steve Ballmer's assistant was there Steve and Bill Gates weren't there but uh, Steve Ballmer's um, assistant was there and he was sitting at the table and I was performing and. Uh, they they're having a great time and and gentleman I remember his name but he gets up and he walks away and another member tells me that he overheard this guy and he says now I believe in magic <laughs> yes I would put Aww. that on my CV I would put that on my resume no. oh that you made yeah. right that you made somebody believe in magic with your magic show I believe in magic it was a it was a it was a wonderful thing to hear. I think that's wonderful. But, you know, the, the building has been around for a long time. So um, there are a lot of strange occurrences. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. In the castle. From noises to managers coming in and locking the place and finding lights turned back on. And, and uh, just strange occurrences. There's no, no one really has named a ghost there um, but I had a really really strange experience there's a prolific magician who is uh, used to live in the castle actually he was uh, on the third floor they had they had rooms were old bedrooms and he lived in one of them for many years and he would come down every night and sit in his corner and perform for audiences the gentleman's name was Di Vernon and uh, Die, D-A-I-V-E-R-N-O-N. If you look him up, you will see pictures of him. And one of I feel the, like I know that name. One of the most prolific pictures of him is standing, sitting there uh, with a deck of, his ha- deck of cards in his hand, looking down, and, and the face-up card was the Ace of Clubs. That was his favorite card. Well, Die Vernon passed away in 1984, 85. And... Um, the, the for, because it was his home, the family uh, cremated him and let the castle store his urn with his ashes on a shelf above the parlor prestigitation. 
and uh, they built a corner of the castle in memory of him with pictures of him and the same couches he would sit on all the time. So, you know, it was called the Vernon Corner, and it was a privilege to be able to sit in the Vernon Corner and perform magic with Di Vernon looking over your shoulder. So one night, though, um, I was downstairs in the showroom towards the back of the castle. And um, I was right by the exit. So um, a woman comes into the room, and behind her is a gentleman carrying this mahogany box. And immediately I said, oh, my God, they've got Di Vernon's ashes. Well, it turns out the woman was Di Vernon's granddaughter, and they were taking Di home because the castle had asked her to actually remove the, the ashes from the castle. I don't know why, but uh, something to do with the health department. So, <laughs> so eternal um, party poopers. So, so there's Di Vernon in his, you know, ashes in his in, in mahogany box and his granddaughter and, and her friends. And so in the middle of my act, I perform one of Di Vernon's signature tricks. It's called Triumph. And uh, basically, as I spread the deck and a spectator pulls out a card. And then um, he shows it to everyone and he puts it back in the car, uh, back in the deck. And then the deck is shuffled half upside down into the mix. So it's basically making a huge mess of face up, face down cards. And the, the deck is spread showing that cards are upside down, right side up. And then a snap of a finger and the deck is spread out and now the only card that's face up is the spectator's card. So as I go to perform that trick and the spectator take the two of clubs, right? So I spread the deck and the two of clubs is face up. But right next to the two of clubs is the ace of clubs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Di Vernon's favorite card. So I was, you know, I've never screwed that trick up in my life. It's not a difficult piece of sleight of hand. So I immediately look at uh, Dana, his granddaughter, who's sitting in the audience. And she gives me a little wink. And so I finish the show, and uh, the audience leaves, and she cuts, comes down and says, John, um, that was a very nice little tribute you did to my grandfather. And I said, it would have been if I had planned it. <laughs> So um, I am actually the last magician to ever perform in the presence of Di Vernon. Wow. That's so cool. That's, and, that's uh, so and, cool. And I've got a picture of me holding Di Vernon in, in the mahogany box standing next to uh, Dana. So that is one of the weird coincidences that I have no explanation for is how his favorite card showed up in his Mm, for his that. granddaughter. Yeah, that's That's really cool. Yeah. Carrie, what about you? Have you had any paranormal experiences there? So, uh there's a few things I I will say about that. Uh and I think John can agree with with the the first thing I'm going to say. There's something so uh, magnetic about the magic castle. There's something once you learn that it exists, you must get there and once you get there, you think 
this is home. I never want to leave again. Like, I love it so much. Like I, I found myself because I finally got to go back and have dinner. One of the members invited me. They still don't have uh, the, the live shows and everything up and running, but we got to go have dinner. And when I got home, I was reminded of the feeling I always get when I go in, when I would go in on my off nights. And it was like such an explosive happy that I felt guilty for being so happy. I don't, and every time I left the castle, that's literally how I would feel. And I just like throughout the pandemic, I've gone to the building multiple times just to go hug the palm tree outside, just to <laughs> hug the pillar, just to say hi to the doors. I'm just, I just missed it that much. Um, I, I, uh, it's something, it's a, it's a really neat place that I feel like when I utter my intentions or I say what I'm looking for or what I need. It's like the castle just kind of delivers it in a sense. Um, so there's a couple different things I want to say about that. So uh, he mentioned Irma's room before. To me, that room feels like the heart of the castle. Um, and I think it's because so many people, uh, a lot of times by the end of the night, a lot of people just end up in there all singing along to the piano, just like when you would see those those movies or like where, where people would stand around the piano singing back in the day. That's not something that happens that often at parties anymore. And so the people will just be so jovial and singing along, which it's my favorite. A lot of times, um, Pantages, that theater is really close. And uh, one of the members always brings the cast to Pantages. So a lot of times we'll have the entire Broadway cast of Wicked or Newsies or Phantom of the Opera in Irma's room singing a song and yes the goosebumps like it's, it's just something so <laughs> it just it, it magnifies the happy and it, the good energy and it's such a beautiful wonderful addictive feeling it's 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 a beautiful place it's wonderful um so I was talking to a lot of different people and many, many, many people all say the same thing. They were in the cellar or they were in the inner circle or they were in the, the palace of mystery when no one else was around. And they knew that no one was around, but they heard their name. And uh, the more people kept saying this, I was like, well, you know, I've been in the palace a few times and heard Carrie and said, hello, hey, who, what, somebody say my name. And then nobody responded. I thought it was just Armando, one of the butler, like, or somebody else. I thought they were just messing with me. But no, it was like, I, I don't know, just that. But I, my ghost story is a little bit different. Um, the one that I really kind of feel wholeheartedly for. Um, I just sometimes get told stuff in my head and I go with it. And uh, I had met this girl that, we had an odd job together once and uh, we got each other's phone numbers, never spoke again. And one day I went to voice text, like tell Siri, hey Siri, text so-and-so. And it didn't text who I told it to, it texted this girl, Adriana. And the name is completely, doesn't sound like anything. I think I was trying to call like mom or something and, it, and then it texted Adriana instead. So it was really odd. And then I said, well, now that I have you, is everything okay? Like I may, there, maybe there's a reason why uh, I, I just like the, my, something made me text you today. She said, well, all she said to me was, uh, honestly, uh, things are really bad right now. I'm really down. This is, you know, I'm not, it's like the worst time of my life basically. And all I could think was like, and mind you, I didn't know her really. All I could think of, I need to get like, would you like to come with me to the magic castle on my, my next off night? Like, can I bring you to the castle? And she was like, Oh my gosh, I would love that. So we get there and we walk into the foyer and, you know, it's just that magical little, you know, first timer experience I can remember. And she's just smiling and, and her eyes start kind of getting teary. And it was then that she disclosed to me that her boyfriend had promised that he would make, he would find a way to bring her to the magic castle within the next few months. But the thing was, the reason why she was having such a hard time 
was that her uh, her boyfriend had committed suicide. So really, he couldn't get her like he couldn't physically bring her but like I said somehow I just like hear things sometimes and I do it so we go and we sit at the bar and um that we had just gotten brand new menus that day so the magic castle is on Franklin and Orange that's the intersection right where and it's just at the top of the little hill and we always had a drink it's basically a margarita but it's just the blood orange is what they would call it and like what they called it before the blood orange and we had just gotten new menus and they had switched the the title of it and so that it was called the Franklin and blood orange to play on both streets and she opens it and she just starts smiling and she was like, his name was Franklin. Like, so just, Aww. it was so weird the whole night. It was just like little things the whole night kept like, it, it was as if he had whispered in my ear, make sure like ask her, like, you know, it's just to me, that's, I think the, the, like, I believe that that was definitely a really ghostly encounter. Like I was able to bring her, fulfill the promise of her boyfriend. Cause obviously, you know, it's, he, 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 didn't do it because of her like you know what I mean like it was just something like a little bit of yeah um other things with the castle um like when with stunt work when I was training with stunt work I just you know said castle I need this and in Irma's room that's where I met Joe the guy who lit me on fire oh, and wow. uh and the, the which more doesn't sound like a positive came. thing <laughs> just, first there's a suicide story and then this guy let me on fire it yeah. was great <laughs> well I'm just it's just you know like when you add when I when I like need something or when I want to meet someone in particular the castle provides so I really got into body paint uh, a lot more during when I was uh, at the castle it afforded me a lot more time to be able to do the body paint stuff which I love the most and <clears throat> I was saying I really I really want V Neal to come and not only did V Neal come, uh, mind you, she's the one who did the prosthetics for like uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, Howard the Duck, the Hunger Games, like her list is endless. She's amazing and such a huge, wonderful career. And she shows up in Irma's room and she gives me her card. So I have her card. I have the president of the Stuntman's Association giving me his card. Like just, it's just like whatever I asked, it came. And, and uh, another one that I thought was really sweet. And this one, I still, it's, it blows my mind a bit. And this one, I will say uh, the person, um, when I, my, my brother, he was uh, in love with Pee Wee Herman when we were kids and he had a Pee Wee Herman doll. And uh, uh, in high school, I found a picture of him sleeping with this Pee Wee doll. And somehow in, in high school, and it was the same feeling I got when I was in the Magic Castle for the first time, I was sitting at the bar and I said, I'm gonna work here. I didn't know, but I said it and I knew it. I knew I was going to work there. But anyway, I looked at this picture and I said, I've got to get this signed for him. And mind you, I'm in high school in Michigan. How could I ever like, where am I ever going to expect to find Paul Rubens? And um, then, you know, flash forward and I'm working at the Magic Castle and Paul Rubens came in one day and I was just like so excited to just meet him because, you know, he's just a phenomenal actor and everything he's ever been in, he is my favorite part. He's just, I, I love Paul Rubens so much. So it was really ecstatic for that. Mystery Men. He's amazing in Mystery yes. Men. <laughs> and uh, then, so I, uh, I don't know, I just spoke into the castle. I was like, I really hope it works out. I can get this picture signed one day. And so, um, I don't know, one day, for some reason, we had gotten our email that day for the schedule or something, and it said who was on the reservations, and the person he normally came in with was on the reservation list, and I don't know, I, like I said, it's like somebody whispered in my, ear, in my ear, bring the picture today, bring it, 
And so I did. And, and I didn't want to be like a fangirl or weird or crazy or anything. And I, and I, so I, I asked, uh, he was the door guy at the time, Joey, he's the bestest. Uh, I was like, will you just show him this picture? And, and cause I don't want him to feel obligated to sign it or anything. I just want, I just want Paul Rubens who filled our hearts with so much love and laughter all throughout the years. I wanted him to see a picture and hopefully fill his heart with that same kind of love and adoration. And sure enough, like he was just beaming when he saw it. He thought it was the cutest thing he'd ever seen. And uh, and so he did, he just gave it a quick little signature and, and I put that together and gave it to my brother. And he told me it's the best present he ever got in his life. It's just, so it's like, there's just, just little things like that. I feel like that are just so, uh, I mean, so many other people have tons of other stories. Uh, other people say that there's one part, spot in particular down in the inner circle that they that no matter what they see, people trip in the same spot over and over, but there's no bump in the carpet. There's nothing there to trip on, but people trip. Um, there's lots of little stories like that and everyone, everyone's are unique and different. Uh, but I guess that that's, that's how I feel like I'm in tune with the spirit world or, you know what I mean? Um, the magic castle, whatever spirits they are, they're good ones. Uh, I, I always feel like I get energy hugs, if that makes sense. Like I'll just be standing in my little spot and I'll just get goosebumps and chills for no reason at all. No one's around. I'm just, you know, it's just like energy hugs. That's all I can explain it. And so I don't know. That's what, that's what the, the castle, I don't know. That's what it is to me. Uh, it's, it's a lot different from like, if you go to the comedy store, which is also very well known to be haunted, there is a malevolence in, in that building versus the magic castle, because at, at the comedy store that was owned by a mob boss. And during that time, lots of people were murdered and beaten and lots of things happened so that you can feel a difference of, of an energy kind of sucking, but it's also really weird because laughter elates people. And so you feel the high energy of the people. So it's this weird uh, energy vortex. I could, I guess I could say, but that with a castle, it's all good vibes. It's like happy. It's like, it's the good ghosts that want to stay there forever. It's the, you know what I mean? If that makes, if that makes sense. It does. Um, well, it seems to me like it has kind of a Disneyland feel yeah. where like all of these people <laughs> yeah. have been working in orchestration to make a good, interesting place. Yeah. It kind of feels like a mix between like the haunted mansion and like the Winchester mystery house. But, and like, the country club. Yeah, yeah. Like it just I mean, of course, it, it's like the perfect place for magicians and their friends to hang out because it's just so like whimsical and mysterious and I'm fun. And it is fun. very much like Harry Potter too. Oh. Like the, the Hogwarts. <laughs> Sorry, John, what? On any one night, there are probably 20 paid performers, magicians in the building, but they're triple that number of associate member or magician members who are not booked that night out doing magic for their friends and family and strangers and so there's this unique energy uh, because everybody is having a good time and mm -hmm. it's it's all of artists um, that's what magic magicians are they're artists and yes, they, they have are. a point of view and they share their point of view through their art and uh, one of my favorite sayings is feed your heart with your art and that's that's what we do, and that's what makes it such a special place. Um, and it's such a supportive community. It's amazing and supportive. You know, there are people who, you know, the, the odd the odd person who is there for selfish reasons, but most people are there 
to be able to share that magic with their friends and family and just entertain. And I don't know of any other place like that. On it's pretty damn special. And it's exclusive. You have to know somebody to get in. You can't just call up and make a reservation. You have to have a guest card or a reservation from a member. And so I was just is, wondering that. <laughs> it is a little bit uh, difficult. And I think that adds to the mystique, you know? Oh my God, we're going to the castle? I hear it's impossible to get into. But now well, you know. I think there's, gonna... there's, there's rules. Oh, what are some of the like, rules? Uh, so you, you can't take pictures. There is a dress code. So uh, formal evening attire. And this is the one time, like the one time that you can dress like you're going to prom. You can, there is no such thing as too fancy. You can wear whatever kind of gown or you can wait, make it a cocktail dress or a pantsuit if, if whatever have you like, but like it, it can, you can be as dressy as you want and it's not weird. Um, it's, it's special. Like uh, you'll see people come in and they're just lit up because you can see their confidence and how happy they are that they get to be like, like, because when do you get to doll up and wear a gown other than like your wedding day? like your wedding dress but like you know what I mean it's not a prom like you know, most people don't get that and like maybe like marine balls and stuff like that I guess too but for a lot a bit lot <laughs> a large group of like the population they, they don't get to do that so it's really special um yeah no photography so that's really good it, it's uh, it makes it so that a lot of uh, celebrities um like to come because they don't get bothered and uh so there are a lot of celebrity members and then a lot that just come in as guests um but it's, it's just so wonderful to see all these people, like how, kind of what I was talking about with Paul Rubens is all these people that, you know, have been entertaining us our whole, like me, my, my whole life. And then they come in and I get to make a crack and have them laugh or I get to dazzle them because I'm really fast at what I do. It's just, it's something so special that, I don't know, it's like, yeah, John, like we just get caught on the word special because it really is, it's just, it's special. It's the best thing ever. Oh, <laughs> like, I want to go there so bad. Yeah. There is no exception to the dress code. So you walk in and they immediately, the doorman looks, look you up and down and says, those pants, sorry. Those shoes, sorry. You know, if you don't have a tie, they have a set of ties that on you. And they give you the most hideous ties to wear. So that the next time you remember to bring a tie. Um, but no, they'll, they'll send you to the local department store and say it's three months down here go buy something that's presentable and come back uh, they they uh jack nicholson they wouldn't let him in and so he had to go get a jacket and then once he uh because he refused to borrow a jacket and so when he he went and bought his jacket uh came back he left it so one of the jackets that they loan out was technically jack nicholson's um i believe justin bieber went to the front door twice and was turned away there are no exceptions you have to be invited by a member you have to be in dress code and i believe wasn't it siegfried or roy that they turned or maybe it was david copperfield that they turned away because of his pants do you know that story john uh i don't think it was david copperfield i think it was chris angel oh. <laughs> was it chris okay i, I don't remember i can't I barely <laughs> But somebody didn't have the right pants on and they were like, come on. And then they, they said, let me talk to, I think it was Irene. Let me talk to Irene. And Irene said, you know, the dress code, you know, the rules. No. <laughs> so it's just kind of funny. Like, and the no photography yeah. rules, they call it the Cary Grant rule. Cary Grant was a founding member of the castle. Was and he? And he has his own special table 
in the dining room that he would hang out with. And there's a stained glass window with an image of Cary Grant in the center, and that was his table. And he wanted to bring his celebrity friends, but he didn't want to be bothered by um, people taking photographs. So they named the no photograph rule after Cary Grant, so it's called the the Cary Grant rule. The only exception to the costume, to the dress code is Halloween week. Um, Halloween! It's the craziest 10 days at the castle. Because everybody He's not exaggerating. <laughs> Super wild. In costume. And yes, yeah, some people cheap out and they'll wear a sports jersey and, and, and whatever. But some of the costumes that you see are just out of town. And they have a costume contest every night and, and they give up prizes. So uh, that's the only exception to the rule is the... the during Halloween week. And the castle is completely decorated for whatever the theme of that week is. Um, and they, they spare no expense in decorating the castle for that week. Oh, yeah. Halloween week is the coolest. They have all of the uh, staff. We go in early to get our faces painted, depending on the theme. So I think my favorite theme that I've seen so far was uh, Alien Invasion. So the entire the entire castle is completely decked out, and you feel like you've just walked into in and out of spaceships and things like that. So it's it's really cool. The line is out the door, like all the way out the door for people members waiting to get in because everyone like uh, it, it's just a really 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 special like it's just a just a crazy week. It's so neat to just have something that cool. Like like uh, like I was saying, it, it reminds me of Hogwarts because of all the pictures everywhere and some of the pictures move. So it does have very Hogwarty kind of uh, qualities as well. Jerry, um, you can't tell but, them all the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, there's a handful we haven't. So let me ask, can I ask about the history of the building? Um, we talked, you know, we, that it was a private home, but have there been any instances, for example, uh, did anybody pass away inside the home while it was a residence or, or something that would have left energy behind? Uh, well, when you walk in the very the main uh, main room, like after you've said open sesame, go through the bookcase and you're, you're looking at the main bar uh, to your immediate left, uh, which John was talking about Die Vernon, the Die Vernon table is, is immediately to the left. And um, right in front of that, that is the, the only stained glass from the original house. It's still left there. So you can see the frame of where the front door used to be. It's no longer the same um, way to get in, but uh, I was told, and I and I uh, that that someone I'm not exactly sure who uh, did pass away of a heart attack on the when, when that was the front porch. So where the divern and table is is used to be the front porch. So there's um, there's things like that. Um, there's been there have been stories about uh, the, all I know is like there's a little girl. A lot of people say that they think. It's a little. It feels like a little kid tugging on their on their vest. Like a lot of the bartenders always feel someone tugging on their on their vest. And so, I've heard multiple stories about a little girl, but I've also heard multiple ways about how she died and who she was. So I don't really want to say that, but it's pretty unanimous that a lot of people think a little girl. Um, and I think she may have uh, not necessarily passed away at the castle, but but up on the hill. Um, there's there's yeah there's stuff like that. And I um, I'm trying to think of the a handful of other things like that. John, do any, any other ones come to your mind? Yes. Um, 
I mean, it's not a great story because uh, there was a very well-known prolific magician who took his life in the dressing room of the parlor of Restitution and uh, the evening before, and, um, and he was definitely depressed. I'm not going to go into the details of it, um, but you know, you never think that they're to the point where they are going to actually commit suicide. But he had actually planned it um, the entire week. Uh, he did it on a Friday morning, and uh, so you know, it's it's he he loved the place so much. It's a it's really the only place that he felt comfortable in himself. I think that's why he chose to do it as a castle. But um, that's terrible. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was tough. He was a good friend. John, may I ask you, um, and, and if you're not comfortable answering this, you certainly don't need to, but um, do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in the afterlife? Really, I'm on the fence. Um, I have a sixth sense that follows me. I, I have these deja vu moments that just happen to me really, really, really often. Um, when I go to Vegas, I'll be walking down the hallway or one of the alleyways next to a craps table and I'll in my mind I'll see a nine or a three and I look over at the craps table and that's the number that's sitting there it's really weird and I can't reproduce it it just happens to me and I have no explanation uh, why that happens so um, I am very spiritual um, I'm not religious I'm Agnostic. I understand there's some bigger thing, but I don't under I don't follow any um, organized religion because I don't think anyone really knows. Mm, yeah, uh, for sure. And so, uh, but I am very spiritual. That is fantastic. Thank mm, you for sharing yeah. that with us. Uh, I I'm going to out myself a little bit here. That number thing through cards or like. Um, like I'll get like a quote from a book or a movie in my head and then suddenly somehow that movie will come. So this is so flaky. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like the worst form of manifestation, but I do this too. Um, I'll get something stuck in my head and then all of a sudden it'll be in my life. Um, so the past few weeks, I've there was this movie that came out in 1991 that I grew up with. It's called Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. And it's like one of the original Disney movies <laughs> um, for like the Disney Channel. It has been in my head for, like, weeks. And, I, like, why am I cycling on this 1930s horse story? I don't know. Last night I turned on Disney and they found, they were like, new to Disney Plus. Wild wow. hearts can't be broken. And I was like, oh, it's a sign. It was just preparing you. Yeah, it was like, you're going to lose your mind. You ready for some childhood? Here you go. But, like, why would I have been thinking about that? That's so strange. Yeah. Or, or if I'm playing cards uh, with my family. I've never played cards for money. Um... I should, I should maybe give this a shot. Mm. Um, but, I, like, I don't know how to play poker. I, my family plays golf or nickels. Um, I'll just know what the cards are looking at the backs of them. Like, oh, Grandma has a king. Okay. Oh, this one's going to be a six. These are going to be a match. I don't know how I know, but I sometimes I just know. Hmm. Not always. I can't turn it on. But sometimes you just know. Yeah, I, I do play semi-professional poker. And I'll be sitting in a, you know, playing Texas Hold'em. Uh, and... All of all said, you know, I'll say the next card's a seven of diamonds, and seven of diamonds is the next card. People look at me, and they're a little weird. They're like, wait a minute, do that again. And I've been known to do it two or three 
times in a row and and uh, that even scares me um, mm, i love it For our Patreon uh, patrons, this is nothing new, but uh, Zoom uh, just kicked us off. Um, <laughs> Zoom was like, never mind, we're down, do, do, do. deal with it. Yep, it's down. Um, so we we, uh, we decided to call that um, a night with our guests, our lovely, wonderful guests. Thank so you wonderful. so much to John and Carrie for being on our show and so sharing generous. their wonderful stories. Uh, we 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 did have a brief chat with them after uh, Zoom kicked us off, um, and so we got to say our goodbyes, which was nice. But, <laughs> but so, but thank you again to um, being on our show. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of that. If um, you enjoyed talking to them, uh, there are a couple sites that you can find more information. Uh, John Kippen, K I P P E N. He does have a TED talk out there. Uh, which we will link on our website. Our um, website. Our website. Who do you think we are? <laughs> on our well, I mean, like we'll put know. it on Facebook. There we go. We'll put it on Facebook. <laughs> uh, he also um, has a Facebook group that he call that he runs called "Being Different Is Your Superpower," mm-hmm. and I think we can all get around that idea as being exactly what we're about. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, he also has some videos on YouTube of different magic shows, um, and Carrie also uh, maintains a TikTok. Oh, she's so cool. I know. She's like the coolest person. I can't handle TikTok. I lurk. Um, So he, uh, John Kippen's a motivational speaker. Carrie has her TikTok. She also has a wonderful Instagram, especially if you're interested in some of the uh, art and stunts that she's done. They are featured there. Um, And we will have links to those. Um, So uh, johnkippen.com, you can check out his website. um, And it has a link to his TED Talk right there up front. Um, And it has... TED Talk. I know. And it has more about his incredible journey there um, and all about his inspirational work. So I really hope you can check that out, www.johnkippen.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will have links. We'll have further links that you can click on instead of just trying to hear because it's difficult to do a link through a podcast. I was going to say, look at you spelling out the URL. <laughs> We're going to try. <laughs> like a boomer. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we'll put the link in the description. Uh, so as we were chatting with John and Carrie uh, after we so rudely were cut off by Zoom, um, they had a couple more stories that they didn't get to tell. Um, and we we decided that instead of re- trying to come back and record again, we were going to do a Facebook Live event um, on Sunday after this airs. Uh, so it'll be Sunday, June 6th at 3.30 p.m., uh, California time, which is also called Pacific time, and then it's going to be 6.30 Eastern time. Uh, if you live between here and there, do the math. Uh, We're confident in you. You can do it. <laughs> we believe in you. Um, and that they'll uh, be able to tell uh, another couple stories and also answer some questions. So please, uh, you know, come prepared with some questions you might have about magic. About about magic, about the magic castle, about their individual experiences. Uh, If you wanted to talk about Carrie's other um, work, like I said, for her um, model painting, I mean, she'll talk to you about anything Carrie's the best. So, um, gosh, I, 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 you know, we're ending our season uh, Mm -hmm. with this episode tonight, and I don't think we could have ended with more generous or giving or interesting people yeah 
for sure. I mean, yeah, I was mostly silent for the whole thing because I was just like, this is amazing. I don't want to cut anyone off. Just, just share all that you want to share and I will just sit here and soak it in. <laughs> I, I think we have to add the Magic Castle to our train travel bucket yeah, list. Yeah, I'm, I'm realizing more and more that this show is just becoming like uh, Jen's personal dream travel channel show. Like, this Can you is imagine? all the places I want to visit. Uh, I had no idea that I wanted to go to the Magic Castle <laughs> so badly, but now I must go there. <laughs> I've been obsessed with Neil Patrick Harris for a while, uh-huh. and I knew. Oh, well. I, this is my first introduction to it, and I am so excited to go. I hope we get to get there I'm someday. I'm my outfit already. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, just, wow. Thank you to John Kippen mm. and Carrie Overgaard. Yes. Thank you. How generous. Yeah. Um, if you are mm-hmm. going to join up with us for the Facebook Live, mm-hmm. let us know. Yep. Uh, we're excited to get it going, and uh, you know, we, we'll, we'll have some questions. If you want to ask us uh, pre-questions or anything like that, let me know. All right, so with that, I think we have to round out our amazing fifth season. Yeah, that was that was incredible. Um, I ugh, This has been quite... Quite a year for us, <laughs> for yes, everyone. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm glad we got to end on such a high note. Um, and we will, you know, this is, we're, we're pausing. We're going for the summer as we do. As we do. Every year. Yeah. Well, I got a couple messages last year being like, wait, this is it? And I was like, no, no. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> um, but, we, you know, we, we like to take a break to, to refresh ourselves and come back excited. Um, but we will, we always are happy to hang out on, on the free web, um, on our social media pages. I've really just dropped off on like advertising on our social media pages, but like, I'm always down to tweet, um, you know, back and forth. Kate is, is happy to be on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I just mostly lurk. Uh, so I will see you. (laughs) Whereas I am an active Facebooker. (laughs) I have opinions and you're going to hear them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, we're, we're always there. We're available to you. Um, I do have at least one surgery coming up this summer, so I, I want yeah. your prayers and vibes, please. Um, vibes, and and also, like, a little bit of understanding if we might have a, a rockier start yes. later than I have to... expected. We're not quite as reliable as we used to be. <laughs> Season six might be interesting. Um, yeah. I have to get matched for a kidney, and that is going to be a process. Yeah. In addition to that, I have to get an entirely different body, so... And I have to be here to support you. Yeah. You're my best supporter besides Dan. Oh, yeah, and maybe. possibly also Gambit. Well, you know, no one can compare to Gambit. Right. Never. Uh, we're going off of at this point. Is We are here. Um... And uh, please bear with us as we figure out um, as we figure out the future, the li- our lives. Yeah. <laughs> and in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. You guys are the best part of doing this podcast. In addition yeah. to meeting wonderful people who are our guests, we've also met wonderful people uh, who've become like family. So for sure. thank you for listening. Have a wonderful summer. And let me check to see where. <laughs> Oh, because that. Oh no, we don't. Okay, (laughs) that's perfect. Then, um, um, have a as every uh, (laughs) writes in the yearbook that uh, the person that they don't know have a great summer. No, uh, (laughs) that's not what I meant. I meant stay spooky, motherfuckers. Damn right.